Welcome to episode two of season two of Idiom American. Last episode, I talked about the idiom a cut above or cut above the rest, uh, which made me think of some other idioms with cut or cutting. And so today I wanted to take a look at some of those. We already covered some in season one, like cutting the Gordian knot, cutting the red tape. Uh, but there's a lot more out there as it looks just like we uh, do a lot of tying, we must do a lot of cutting. So let's dive right in and cut our teeth on the first idiom mentioned last episode, the cut of one's jib. Uh, but before we do, let's take a look at that one, cut one's teeth. And this one's also sometimes heard less frequently as cut one's eye teeth, uh, eye teeth referring to the canines. And this one, of course, means to gain experience with something, especially at a young age. And since at least the 1600s, the cutting of teeth has had the literal meaning of a baby's teeth first emerging. And so it's easy to see how that painful and sometimes noisy part of growing up could become an idiom for growing up in general, gaining some experience with something. But it seems that it wasn't until the late 1800s in the U.S. that uh, figurative uses of cutting, cutting one's teeth started to pop up. And the first recorded use as an idiom appears to be in an 1870 essay by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I won't quote Emerson's passage here in full because it's, it's pretty racist, honestly. But among other things, it involves characterizing what he basically considers to be the meager progress made by Indian tribes as like that of a boy when he cuts his eye teeth with childish illusions passing daily away and he seeing things really and comprehensively. By the end of the 19th century, this idiomatic usage of cut one's teeth was taking root and becoming more common. Uh, here's one uh, illustrative excerpt, illustrative excerpt from uh, Kate Fields, Washington in 1893. I, thought the I wish I thought the millennium would arrive when women vote. There is no doubt they deserve it as much as men, but I question whether women will be a bit wiser in the use of the ballot than their fathers, brothers, and husbands. I see no gain in Wyoming. I hope and pray for the best, believing that eventually women will be a beneficent factor in government. Until they cut their teeth on many mistakes, however, I do not look for cheerful results. Uh, pretty wild for a woman to be talking about the new century, not, not the new century, but the new millennium uh, arriving when women could vote um, back in 1893, not all that long ago, really. But on to the cut of one's jib. What's a jib? Well, it's a triangular stay sail that's set forward of the forwardmost mast of a ship. And the cut of someone's jib refers to their general appearance, manner, or style. And it's usually heard in a positive and playful sense, like saying to somebody, I like the cut of your jib, uh, which makes this one kind of a fun one to use. And as you might expect, this one comes from maritime traditions. And it alludes to the identification of far-off ships by the shape of their sails. Uh, you could actually tell the nationality of warships sighted at sea back then by the shape of their jib long before the national flag could be seen. In the early 19th century, it started to be used idiomatically to describe a person's appearance. And something that maybe that was possibly influenced by the similarity of triangular jib sails to a person's nose. Although, I don't know. About that, but speaking of noses, there's the idiom to cut off your nose to spite your face, uh, one that I've always really liked. And this, of course, refers to a needless action, one that's often motivated by anger or greed, that will turn out to be self destructive. 
So if someone plots revenge, for example, it'll end up doing more damage to themselves than their intended target. Or you threaten to leave the country and if election doesn't go your way. Legend has it that this phrase originates from when pious women would disfigure themselves in order to protect their chastity. And the most famous of these was St. Ebba, the mother superior of the monastery of Coldingham. And in 867, Viking pirates landed in Scotland, and, and when this news reached Ebba, she urged her nuns to cut off their noses and upper lips so that they would be unappealing to the Viking, Vikings. And the Viking raiders were so disgusted that they burnt the entire building to the ground with the nuns and their faces inside. And that's the legend, anyway. Uh, the phrase first appeared in Latin in the 1200s, and it didn't appear in English in its modern phrasing until the 17th century. And one of the first uses was in the mid-1600s when de Reu was uh, recounting the history of France and stated, Henry IV understood very well that to destroy Paris would be, as they say, to cut off his nose to spite his face. And the other uh, cut idiom that came up last episode was to cut the mustard, meaning to suffice, to be good enough. And this one's usually heard in the negative context, as in, Hand me a bigger knife. This little one just doesn't cut the mustard. And the origin of this one isn't really clear, other than it appears to have risen in the 1890s in America, uh, most, like, most likely Texas. And some speculate that it's derived from the phrase pass muster, uh, which is an expression for assembling military troops for inspection, with the idea being that a troop who has achieved excellent performance is allowed to skip or cut, having to stand a formal muster and then that got changed into uh, cut mustard. But there's no evidence to support this theory, and more likely than not, it comes from the fact that mustard has long been a figure of speech for something hotter, strong, zestier, piquant. And so as early as the 1600s, you had expressions like hot as mustard or keen as mustard as a figure of speech for something powerful or enthusiastic or great. So... It's no surprise, I guess, that in the early 20th century, people went around calling each other mustard, saying he's mustard, for example, simply meant he's great. And from there, it's a pretty short leap to cut the mustard, I think. And calling somebody the mustard in the early 20th century brings to mind some other jargon that arose around that time in America that, that's now a bit outdated. And that's the idiom to cut a rug, meaning to dance really well, usually in a lively or energetic way. Uh, to get down, to boogie, to strut your stuff, burn up the dance floor. Uh, not too much is known about the origin of this one other than it seems to have come from the same time and place as some of those idioms from the flappers that we looked at in episode six, like the bee's knees, the cat's meow, the cat's pajamas, the kipper's knickers, the snake's hips, the gnat's elbow, and all that other slang the cool kids of the 1920s would use. Well, we're a few cut idioms in which means it's probably time for some Shakespeare. Uh, so many English language idioms originate there. So here we have the unkindest cut, or the most unkindest cut of all, as it's also sometimes heard and as it was uh, originally uh, phrased. And, th and that means the most heartless, demoralizing, or treacherous action, remark, or outcome possible. And it's a reference to a line in Julius Caesar uh, when Caesar's friend Brutus stabbed him. So, as Antony says, this was the most unkindest cut of all, for when the noble Caesar saw him stab, ingratitude, more strong than traitor's arms, quite vanquished him. The idea being that it's not the cut itself that wounds the most, but the treachery. 
So you often hear this one in context of a betrayal by someone's someone one's closest to, uh, like a spouse's affair, for example. And also worth noting is that you hear this one used quite often as a joking reference to circumcision. Let's move on to cut to the bone. Uh, no punny segue intended there. Uh, meaning to reduce to the lowest possible amount, as in, I cut my food expenses to the bone due to inflation. And this one is really old, dating to about 1400, and the origin's pretty clear. Uh, it's like picking a carcass clean. You carve up a turkey and cut away everything so that only the bone remains. So you're cutting out everything extraneous. And you sometimes hear this one as pair to the bone. Uh, and cut to the bone also has a second meaning that you hear quite a bit in this context, or in the context of, of the cold. Uh, like the icy rain cut me to the bone. And there's a similar third meaning of upsetting someone deeply, where you get your feelings hurt. Um, his insults cut me to the bone, for example. So it's, it's quite a versatile one. And along similar lines is cut to the quick, which also means to really hurt somebody's feelings. And quick here is used in its archaic sense of meaning those that are living, which comes from the old English word quick, uh, C-W-I-C, meaning living. And you also see quick used in the Bible with this meaning. Um, you see quick, Q-U-I-C-K, used in the Bible with this meaning, as in uh, the quick flesh, or how God's word or God quickens one, or references to the quick and the dead, meaning the living and the dead, or how God quickeneth the dead. But it's not all archaic. You sometimes still hear references to the quickening, which is the moment when a woman first feels the baby moving in her womb. So if you're cutting somebody to the quick, to their living spirit, you're deeply wounding them emotionally indeed. Uh, in, in addition, that flesh under the fingernails or toenails is sometimes called the quick. So cutting to the quick could also come from the idea of cutting into the sensitive living tissue there. Uh, let's take a look next at one that keeps running through my head for some reason, uh, cut and run which means to rush off, although you hear it these days most commonly in a political context where it implies a panicked and cowardly retreat. Um, and increasingly frequently lately, it's been used by politicians, especially within the Republican Party, as a criticism of calls to withdraw troops from various armed conflicts. And cut and run became associated with the Iraq war in particular and, and Republicans' resistance to ending that war. Uh, which reminds me of a, a good song by James Murtry, God Bless America, from around that time. Uh, and it goes, going to turn up the heat till it comes to a boil. Then we'll go get that Arab oil. We'll suck it all up through the barrel of a gun. Every day's the end of days for some. Republicans don't cut and run. Tell me, ain't you proud of what we've done? Uh, but originally the phrase began in the 1700s to describe when ships would cut free an anchor so that they could sail off quickly if needed instead of waiting to weigh anchor. So it's a quick way to take off, uh, but very expensive, losing your anchor, uh, and only to be used when necessary in some urgent or emergency situation. And this phrase was used literally for the first century and a half or so until the mid-1850s when it started to take on a figurative sense with Mel Melville being one of the first ones uh, to use cut and run uh, idiomatically, which is no surprise, I guess, given its nautical origins. 
And a, another semi-nautical cut idiom, or at least maritime, is fish or cut bait, uh, meaning either proceed with some activity or abandon it completely. Uh, so kind of a caution against procrastination or indecisiveness. And this one originates in the U.S. in the mid-1800s, and one of its first uses harks back to Season 1, Episode 15, where we looked at silver idioms in the free silver movement as one of the first recorded uses was in 1876 when Congressman Joseph P. Cannon called for a vote on a bill legalizing the silver dollar by saying that, I want you gentlemen on the other side of the house to fish or cut bait. And we probably all are familiar with a vulgar synonym for this one from the 1940s, which uh, is to, you know, do your business or get off the pot. Uh, I'd always assumed that fish or cut bait uh, meant that you either keep fishing or you cut your fishing line and abandon the attempt along with your bait. And it never made sense to me much why you'd just cut your line and lose your hook and bait like that. But looking into this one a little more, it turns out that originally the cut bait part refers to cutting up pieces of bait into small usable portions. So there can be a couple scenarios here. One is that in the fishing industry, you divide up the labor and some fishermen fish and some cut the bait up for fishing. So you do one or the other. And another possible interpretation is that it means that you have to make a decision. You either have a fish to eat, or you have a fish that you can cut up into bait to catch more fish. So you have to decide whether to take the fish you have or lose it to try to catch some more. And a lot of times the decision about what to do is not so cut and dried, uh, which is another idiom. And yet here this one, uh, sometimes less frequently and probably incorrectly, is cut and dry. And, and this, of course, means something that is settled, prearranged or inflexible, completely decided in advance, so it lacks freshness, originality, or spontaneity. Uh, so it, it's kind of like that other similar idiom, clear-cut, but it has a little bit of a pejorative sense. It's not just clear, it's clear in a way that is so simple that it's kind of uninteresting. And the Oxford English Dictionary's citations for this one go back to 1710, and it states that it originally referred to the herbs in the herbalist shops that had been cut and dried, uh, as contrasted with growing herbs. Uh, hence, you get this meaning of it being ready-made and void of freshness and spontaneity. And speaking of cutting and drying some plants, there's the idiom, cut a wide swath. Um, sometimes also just heard as cut a swath. Uh, and this has two meanings. And the, the first is to draw a lot of attention, make a considerable display seem important or flashy, as in, although he was new to the company, he cut a wide swath, or he cut a wide swath as he entered the bar. And the second is more straightforward and literal, meaning to cause a lot of damage or suffering in a specific area or population, as in the tornado cut a wide swath through our neighborhood. And the first meaning, of course, is the more idiomatic or figurative, and it comes from the days where people would cut grass, pay, weed by hand with scythes. So somebody who cut a wide swath was really strutting his stuff by making a big, wide sweep with the scythe. Well, there are more cutting idioms, quite a few more, that I'd like to take a look at, like cut it out in the sense of knock it off. Uh, where does that come from? Um, so maybe I'll pick uh, these cutting idioms up back later and have a, have a part two. Uh, but that's it for now. Thanks for listening.